Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. everyone and welcome to episode 29 of is this place haunted is it well i think this place is this is fucking... i think this place that we're doing is um also i love the asm i know we're just we we're saying that earlier today it's like because we mentioned it in last week's episode i'm now getting served a lot of that tiktok content and it's like they are listening they are so listening to us. It's unbelievable. I have to it all the time. Do you know, I, I think I spoke about it before, but the absolute creepiest thing in that sense that happened to me was, I remember it was Clues Day when I was a medical student. I was doing my anaesthetic spot and I had obviously scrubs on and I was in theatre um, and I was in a paediatric dental uh, surgery list. So it's basically when kids are super, really young and they can't tolerate getting their teeth taken out because mm. they get done under anesthetic so like one of like somebody needs to specialize in that and so I mean I am not a dentist um as you know so I don't really know about any of the dental shit but I knew, was learning about the anesthetic side of things and anyway they were like okay the, the next surgery is not for a wee bit I'll just pop in and have a wee coffee and then come back in grand so I had my phone in my back pocket and I went and sat down and I ad came up for pediatric dental extraction tools to buy oh my god and I was like this has literally been in my back pocket like I haven't googled any of it Honestly, and it's came up on Facebook for an ad so creepy I mean we know they do it like it's like yeah it, but it's so creepy when it's something like that that I've genuinely never googled I think that's what creeped me out is like other things I'm like maybe I could have googled or clicked on something once but that I know. I had, a, I had a 
my mum didn't actually know that they did that and stuff. And I said, look, mum, if we have a conversation about you buying a yacht right now, you will be served like ads for boats on Facebook in about like an hour's time or something. 100%. We didn't actually test it, but it probably was. Mum didn't notice. But yeah, um, so you've had some good news though this week. I had some good news about jobs and through to the next round. Got my exam results back, all good. So yeah, very happy and uh, looking forward to you coming to Belfast whenever you do because we've been making plans. We've actually been looking at going down to the Republic of Ireland and going to Hellfire Club, but I don't know if we've got the balls. <laughs> I I would 100% be up for that. Like, I'd love that. Like, but we definitely have to go during the day, like, say. <laughs> 100%. Like, we'd get up and travel down to get there for about nine. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> And then we'd leave at about one. <laughs> totally. I'd, I'd have a torch on the full time, even though it's like daylight. I'm like, you know, I can't deal with it. You'd be like, yeah. you'd be like Nadine Coy, be like, girls, goblins, none of that. <laughs> goblins, no. <laughs> Don't dare you that. Actually, I was going to say on this episode, um, I'm actually making a bit of a callback to Most Haunted because we haven't mentioned Most Haunted in a lot of episodes and like, you know how much I love that. Mm-hmm. I Fielden. She's such an icon. Mary Lustig. <laughs> Mary Lustig. Actually, I we shout out specifically in this episode to our favourite RIP medium and icon, Derek Akora. Um, So, yeah. So, productive week. Really good. And we're looking forward to getting into this episode. So, and again, guys... Just a reminder, if you like our tangents and you like to listen to us just chat about any old stuff, um, we do have a patron. We do. And uh, if you decide to become a patron uh, at patreon.com slash is this place haunted, you will have four extra episodes a month. And we are looking at doing things like working here, etc. as an extra episode. So make the most of it. Yeah, because Birkin here came up in my research for this week's episode. Um, and I started to go into it as you have as well in the past, but there's just too much shit going on with that. It's them. a really big topic. Massive. Those guys were working a lot of people, I'll tell you that. Oh, they were. They were indeed. Um, And we also speak about in our Patreon that you can't actually go and see... Oh, which one is it? Is it Burke that's in... Surgeon's Hall. Yeah. It's you can actually go and see him. So we might do that as a Patreon. I think it would be a two-parter. So, you know, I would go over there if I was you guys. Sign up, honeys. Um, so um, we'll just fire straight into this episode. Um, this is a bit of a doozy. So, yeah, it's set. Um, this week, I decided to do the topic of the Edinburgh Vaults. Um, obviously myself and Olivia both um, are from the sort of Edinburgh area so we spent a lot of time in the vaults and various I don't know various nights out or whatever it's, we've either been in clubs dancing or we've been drinking or we've been down on this many spooky tour tours that are held in Edinburgh down the vault to be fair Hive feels like a vault <laughs> the Hive is a vault right it is yeah, yeah. Well, I told you in a, a previous episode, I remember, I can't remember, it was, maybe it wasn't The Hive. What's the other club that's down that street? I think it's down Blair Street. Capole? Is it Capole? No. Is that what you're thinking of? No, there's another stroke. Blow? 
club. Maybe it's not, I can't remember. I've not been out in Edinburgh for so long. But basically, one night I was in there and we were doing a karaoke sesh. And I was like, I'm going for a piss. And I ended up accidentally going through the wrong door to find the toilets. And I opened up this door and I was literally in a vault. Like I was in a cave. And it was the one, remember, that's got like the well in it. Yes, I remember you telling me this. Oh my God. And I honestly, again, opened the door and there was like this mist that flew up at me and stuff. And I was just like, should I go for a pee in the like in the, the well or whatever? Like, it was like, like, I just broke the seal. I just broke the seal. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I need. I was like, oh my God. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I think most bars and venues that are up and down these streets that we're going to talk about are pretty haunted. I'll cover a bunch of things, but like, yeah. So if you ever go to Edinburgh, guys, head down to the old town. Um, so yeah, so the vaults is an underground area in Edinburgh. The vaults is located in the old town of the Scottish capital. Um, the area has preserved much of its medieval street plan and many Reformation era buildings still stand there today. Um, together with the 18th and 19th century new town in West End, which I was saying you cannot buy a flat there these days because it's so pricey, um, it actually forms a protected UNESCO World Heritage Site. Magical. Exceptional. Um so the vaults were built, um, basically the Edinburgh vaults or Southbridge vaults are in a series of chambers, are a series of cha- chambers formed in the arches of the Southbridge in Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, this was part of the Southbridge Act of 1785. Now, for information purposes, I did include what this was. The Southbridge um, Act was for rebuilding or improving the University of Edinburgh, for enlarging the public markets, for lighting the said city, for providing an additional supply of water, for extending the royalty of the said city, for levying an additional sum of money for statute labour in the middle district of the county of Edinburgh, to complete the mound and to erect a bridge, which is the bridge we're talking about, between the road to Leith um, and Carlton Hill across Carlton Street. So that's how it started. Building work commenced in 1785. The bridge consisted of the 19 stone arches spanning a chasm just over a thousand feet long. At its highest point, it stood 34 feet above ground and had foundations which penetrated Edinburgh's bedrock as far as 22 feet. In total, there are approximately 120 rooms or vaults beneath the surface of the Edinburgh South Bridge ranging in size from two metres squared to 40 metres squared. In order to build the structure, three closes, Marlin's Wind, Peebles Wind and Nidri's Wind, were demolished in the Cowgate area of the city. And now we discussed this earlier, a close is um, like kind of like almost like accommodation. So if you go to a close in Glasgow or Edinburgh, it's normally um, like a housing that's like consists of flats up on top of each other. So built up accommodation, um, like apartments would be these days and stuff. But this is like in the old times. These closes dominated an area considered to be one of Edinburgh's poorest households. The winding crowded streets were knocked to the ground and the stones were used for other constructions. So... The builders basically repurposed a lot of the buildings that were 
knocked down as part of the construction and used for other areas within the city and also uh, with bridge itself. So thanks for repurposing that bad bitch. The bridge got off to a very strange start. When the South Bridge was finally completed in 1788, it was deemed to be an appropriate and fitting honour that the bridge's eldest resident, a well-known and respected judge's wife, should be the first to cross the fine architectural structure. Unfortunately, several days before the grand opening, the lady in question passed away. But promises had been made and hands had been shaken and the city fathers felt obliged to honour their original agreement. And so the first body to cross the South Bridge crossed in a coffin. Nice. Well, <laughs> I know we said that earlier, but how wild is that? Imagine like for the opening ceremony of like the bridge, they're just like, and now we will traipse the coffin across the ground to spear for <laughs> everyone's misery. <laughs> <laughs> The vault rooms were originally meant to be used as storage space for the workshops and workshops for the Southbridge businesses above, operated as intended for a relatively short space of time because the construction of the bridge had been so rushed and the surface was not ever sealed against water. So as a result, the vaults quickly filled with water and would continually flood. In 1795, with the vaults being gradually abandoned by the businesses on the bridge, the empty rooms were adopted by impoverished poor locals. As the Industrial Revolution took hand, the Cowgate area had developed into Edinburgh's slum. Slum dwellers and the homeless took over the vaults and they became renowned um, became a renowned red light district area with countless brothels, pubs operating in the, in the buildings and various other nefarious like businesses. The vaults also served as additional slum housing for the city's poor. Living conditions were horrendous. The rooms were cramped, dark and damp. There was no sunlight, poorly circulated air, no running water and absolutely no sanitation. Many rooms housed families um, of more than 10 people. And I know we said this earlier, but we've both been down the vaults. Can you imagine having a lift down there? Like... Especially not with like multiple people in one room. Yeah, I mean, there's like there's water that runs down from the top, from like rainwater that runs down the building. There's like into the crypts. There's like rats everywhere. I mean, there's spiders and other hangings, and oh, it's minging. I can't imagine living down. It must have been horrendous. And even today, if you're down in the vaults, you there's a there's like a whole city above with like traffic and stuff, and you you can't hear a thing. It's so quiet down there as well. And as we said previously, it's very moist. It is very moist down there. Very damp place to be. It's very damp. Um, obviously, with that type of environment, it breeds a lot of crime. So there was lots of horrible things that happened down there, including robbery and murder. Um, and there was also <clears throat> a side note that it is known but or rumored but not officially documented that many of the infamous body snatchers including Burke and Hare used the vaults to store bodies that they had like previously murdered in the vaults themselves. So as well as the many crimes being committed in the absolutely horrendous conditions there was also an illegal whiskey distillery discovered. I couldn't say distillery last time either I can't say that word discovered (laughs) in the vaults. Um, on Saturday 1st 
July 1815, the Edinburgh Evening Courant reported that an illegal distillery had been discovered and concealed in the vaults. The spirits were said to have been conveyed away in a tin case made to contain two or three gallons, which was again put in a green bag and carried out by a woman under her cloak. So, as I said, entrepreneurs down there, if nothing else, at least they were trying to, like, you know, I don't know, invigorate their uh, pockets with them. They got handed lemons, but they tried to make lemonade. For sure. Industrious, to say the least. So when did the vaults actually close? It's not known when the vaults complex was closed down, um, with some suggesting it was early as circa 1835 and others as late as 1875, which is actually super recent when you think about it. Uh Written records regarding the vaults during their slum use are virtually non-existent. All that is known is that at some point, tons of rubble were dumped into the vaults, making them inaccessible. Although I mentioned this as well, um, weirdly, during World War II, some of the vaults were actually used as air raid shelters. I didn't know that, actually. So the excavation of the vaults. Um, the vaults were obviously not open since um, round about World War II, and there certainly hadn't been any sort of excavation done of like the deeper realms within the vaults themselves. Not until 1985, when a former rugby player called Nori Rowan who I think is still alive today, became a property owner and builder in the old town. Um, And again, I know we said this previously, but well done Scotland and Ireland and the rugby. Shout out to the boys. So Nori Rowan, um, during his building within the properties down there, he rediscovered the vaults by accident. Um, He managed to clear the rubble in most areas and he ended up transforming a lot of the area into like nightclubs and hospitality venues, which he now owns, including like a theatre. Um, but he actually managed to clear most of the Blair Street vaults, um, which was then, of course, subsequently open to the public. Um, the only evidence that people had ever lived down the vaults was actually discovered during this ex- excavation. In certain areas, they found Um, middens containing toys medicine bottles plates and other signs of human habitation so that's where they found the evidence that people actually lived down there and it wasn't just used as storage so the haunted vaults nitri street is considered one of the most active locations in the uk for ghost hauntings with an unprecedented number of paranormal events being reported Um, As I said, during my research last night, I discovered an incredible resource for this. Um, There is a lot of more um, ghost-like reports that have been made in Edinburgh, much more than I actually, and across Scotland, on this like crazy database. Um, Because I thought it was like, I'd only get the good stuff from Reddit, but it turns out there's like an official reporting thing and it goes all the way back to like the 70s and stuff of people like reporting ghosts and things like that. Nidry Street vaults are one of three vaults beneath Edinburgh. Aside from Nidri Street, there's also St Mary's and Blair Street. One of the most infamous spirits in the vaults is commonly known as Mr Boots, or sometimes the Watcher. He's a dark figure, tall, slim, but well-built, with a long flowing cloak or coat. He has long hair tied back in a low ponytail. He sometimes wears a hat, and of course, he adorns his boots. He's been known to tap, grab, shove and brush past people to make his presence known. He also has a vile breath, a combination described as rotten teeth and whiskey. 
One of the most unnerving things is that people will not only smell his breath, but they can feel it on their face and neck. Mr. Boots likes to deliberately stand close to people in order to intimidate and scare them. Countless people have claimed to have seen him. They captured his image with their camera, they hear his footsteps echoing through the tunnel system, and of course they feel him all around them. He's particularly protective about the white room and makes it obvious he doesn't want anyone in there. There is a theory that in life he was maybe a watchman or a security guard at the time when the vaults were used by merchants in the late 1700s, early 1800s. There was lots of valuable goods and equipment in the vaults and lots of desperate criminals looking to nab them at every chance they could. There are many guides who work in the vaults that have encountered Mr Boots. One night, a tour guide was blowing out the candles alone. He's head he heard the footsteps coming down the corridor. They stopped at the doorway of the vault he was in. The guide said it felt like something was peering in at him, and then the footsteps continued down the corridor. There seems to be a tendency from him to sometimes chasing people out and sometimes tolerating people, but he always keeps an eye. There's also the cobbler. He's believed to have been a shoemaker from the late 1700s or the early 1800s, and he still carries out his profession today. He was first seen in 1997 in his usual southwest corner of the room. He's short, stocky (coughs) and bald, probably in his early 50s. He smiles at people as they pass, and he's considered to be a very positive presence in the vaults. However, in the same room, Something inside is not that friendly to everyone. Some visitors have seen stones being thrown across in the room at visitors and guides. Female visitors can feel grief and anger and even experience abdominal pains in the northwest corner of the cobbler's room. These dark feelings are linked to a young woman, completely dressed in black. She wears a veil as if she is grieving. Psychics who have connected with the spirit describe her as being incredibly disturbed at the loss of her child through tragic means. There is also Jack the child. Jack is blonde, he's curly haired, and he's about six or seven, wearing a blue suit with knickerbocker trousers. He wanders the vaults and is attracted to women and children. Jack has been known to grab the hand of visitors and tug on their clothes, seemingly because he doesn't want them to enter the Blair Street corridor. He likes to sing and is sometimes seen playing with a red ball. Jack appears to be incredibly frightened of the Mr. Boots spectre. And often he hides in the cobbler's room where he feels protected. There is another spectre called Aristocrat. He is a large gentleman with tall black hat and a beard. Although he is not evil or aggressive, many people report feeling a sinister presence when they are near him. He's often seen leaning against the wall from where he watches people. He's seen in the double height room, but is also known to move into the tavern room. Dogs dislike this room. They bark, whimper, or simply refuse to enter. There's also a bird-like apparition that likes to swoop down, clawing at people who enter. There's also been a ghost of a naked man seen floating in the upstairs section of the room, close to the doorway. In the tavern room, people have seen a black mass moving along the ceiling as well as the apparition of a dark figure that paces along the room. Sighs and screams are known to come from this room, and some people have left claiming to feel drunk, 
They are sometimes unable to walk straight and they suffer from extreme giggling. The caretaker room. In this room, a man is often seen sitting by the fireplace. He seems really relaxed with his legs outstretched and a drink in his hand. A small, wider-haired dog sits at his feet. The dog tends to brush against people's legs and he even sniffs at people. Its wagging tail is sometimes the only thing that visitors can see. The Witch's Stone Circle. A coven of modern-day witches has occupied this for many years as their temple. When first establishing themselves in the vaults, they had in fact selected a vault at the top end as it was the driest, but they were forced to leave this room. With all that is left today is a stone circle in the centre of the floor, which many people can see when they go on tours. After the witches first started to meet and worship there, it said that they felt a dark energy, energy amongst them. Eventually, they started to discover that despite the vault being locked, when they returned to it, it would be in a state of disarray with possessions thrown about the place. Having established that a mirror in the temple that was either secondhand or cracked was acting as a doorway for something unwelcome to enter, they determined they needed to resolve the situation. The coven leader decided to stay in the chamber overnight to confront whatever was causing the disruption. He placed himself in the centre of the stone circle and recited a spell to prevent anything evil from crossing the stones. He settled down and waited. Before long, he started to hear the sound of something moving around the room and then pacing around the circle. He then heard scratching noises in the walls and some pieces of falling masonry alerted him that whatever was in the vault with him had climbed the walls and now was on the domed ceiling above him. With a sudden realisation of what was happening, he leapt from the circle and reversed the spell, just as as the unseen entity dropped in the circle, trapping it inside. I don't know if you've seen the Most Haunted Live that was set down the vaults. I think it was in 2006 they filmed this. You know what? I don't think I have. I'm not sure. So both both Carl and Stuart, who's like the cameraman or whatever, they like stepped into the stone circle while they were filming. And this was like all live. This was when like Most Haunted went pure hysteric when they were like filming. And like Yvette broke down in tears and had to leave and all that type of stuff. And they were like, we're never coming back here again. It's so scary. So when Carl stepped into the stone circle, he immediately felt this like horrendous pain. And so did another cameraman, actually. And they found scratches like on his back, like the three scratches that they get. And honestly, it just like came out of nowhere. And there was like another guy that collapsed in that live episode. I don't know what they did, but they totally went mental in that one particular room with the witch's stones and stuff. So, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty bad area. And this is all accessible to the public, by the way, for anyone wants to go down to the vaults. Okay, so as I've mentioned before, much of the vaults in Edinburgh is accessed today for paranormal or historic tours um, run by various companies in Edinburgh. There's lots of like experiences that have been reported from these particular tours, but there was one that was reported to BBC News by someone who actually works on the tour itself. So this guy, Jamie, um, had one occasion. He says, on one occasion when, when Jamie was working near the entrance, he heard children laughing. He thought that was strange that it was 10 past three in the morning. So he went outside but the street was totally deserted. He said, that's the only time I haven't finished my shift and I have called a taxi to get home because he was that freaked out. The vaults are also connected to a number of pubs and nightclubs in that area. Um, On Nidgey Street specifically, there's the Banshee Labyrinth. That's what I meant to talk about earlier. Did I say that earlier? Uh, We were talking about it, yeah, but not the place. This is counted as one of the many haunted pubs situated near Rizal Town. 
Um, there's actually two ghosts that have been commonly reported there at that venue. One is Rosie, um, a prostitute who walked in the vaults beneath Nidri Street pub and is now said to scratch and mark male members of staff. Another phantom is called, now I didn't know about this, Six Finger Bill. Apparently he sits under tables and grabs customers' ankles. I know. Nope, I'm not feeling that. So the vaults is actually featured in Ghost Adventures. There's an ex- episode where uh, Zach and the guys went down there. I think it's in season one, actually, they went down. Um, in 2003, it was featured in Most Haunted. Um, and also there was a live episode, I think, in 2006, which is the one I was talking about where everyone went batshit crazy. We also spoke about this in a previous episode. There was a series called Joe Swash Believes in Ghosts on BBC Three. And that was when Joe did like an overnight vigil in the, I think it was the Stone Circle Room or one of the rooms himself. And they actually recorded weird chanting and children laughing, despite the fact he was completely alone in the vaults. And there's no way they could have heard that from like the clubs above. And we've got that on one of our Instagram stories, actually. So do look back. I wanted to like read out a bit from when Derek Akora went down there. Um, He basically was on the Most Haunted episode and he connected with several ghosts that were down in the, the vaults. So it says... A gentleman has shown himself in a few of the same areas and manifests when he wants to. The atmosphere and the feelings he throws out to me is that he's a bit of a show-off. I love Derek. This gentleman would not be shorter than six foot one or two, and you get with him the conditions of a very slimy man. His dressage is quite long and jagged and quite tight. <laughs> very notice- noticeable shoe area with... Uh, not- shoe area with boots right up to his knee he's a rather gaunt looking man with high cheekbones he would frighten you if you did not know him but he's not evil and then he comes to a young lady showing herself in the corner the coloration of her skin and dress is white and cream but is dirty to my eyes but very noticeable there are stains of blood as if the lady has been in a physical altercation and has slashes and cuts in her neck and face it seems as if indiscriminately she had been cut and slashed she has not reached 24 she does not look angry but has a pitiful look she has not gone into the light at any time the speed with which she has come over she really is between two worlds the most haunted host then starts chatting to the spirit of a man called Alistair with another gentleman, Tam, in attendance. This gentleman, I hope you can see the energy essence around him. He's not taller than five, five foot one or two. He is quite robust and a tubby man, Akora adds. In front of him is a leather <laughs> Yeah. In front of him is a leather apron around his waist. His trousers should look quite funny. And they go to the knee. And I'm seeing these stocky legs. And he keeps saying a lot of his friends are here. He could have been a boss of men. And then he said, spiritually, I can hear banging. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, that was Derek's little encounters with people down there. Um, I'm just going to go through some... I kind of come to the end now, but I've kind of going to go through a few like Reddit stories I pulled out, if you don't mind, unless you've got any commentary to make around this. No, just that unless you've been, I don't think you can like appreciate what this place is like, how dark and damp and horrible an atmosphere it can be. It's super interesting, but 
yeah there's some darkness down there for sure yeah and there's actually only like a like it's only a minimum amount of vaults you can actually go into and most of them are totally inhabitable you could probably get lost down there as well right 100 percent. conditions are terrible and it's, it's just creepy when you're in it to think people died of the plague here um so reddit stories <clears throat> this is from moon monster 5126 and this was 10 months ago <clears throat> i love the vaults of edinburgh went on a tour with my now wife on halloween in 2017 and she had a weird experience we were on our way out last in line walking towards the exit and i was holding her hand she suddenly looks at me and tells me to stop messing around i look back at her in confusion because i wasn't doing anything to her when she suddenly let go of my hand and sprinted out the vaults when i get out she tells me she felt something tug on her hair and she thought it was me, but when she turned to ask me about it, she felt it again while looking straight at me. Ooh. Nope. Black Widowla. This was three years ago. Went on a, a night tour there over the holidays two years ago, and yeah, that third vault is haunted AF. When the guide went into their spiel and, turn off, and turned off the light, I was at the front of the group and entered into the room first. Immediately, I got this gut instinct to leave when I hadn't felt in when I hadn't felt it in any other rooms. I'm usually pretty chill about hokey hokey ghost tours and was happy to enter first and to stay in the other rooms. But something about that third vault has hit me it went really wrong with me. I got the chills, felt breathless, and had an overwhelming sense of dread. I had to leave the room entirely and stand outside it while a guide did their thing. And when the light went on, someone ended up screaming because they felt something or someone pushed them. They accused their friend of doing it, but the friend claimed they didn't and everyone nervously laughed it off and exited the tour fairly quickly. That place is something truly dark and not good. I've never had such a visceral response to a place before in my life. And I believe in ghosts and have lived in what I consider to be a haunted house but that place is next level. That's creepy. I definitely, there's people on tours that I've been on and they've been like, ah, like screaming and stuff like that. And everyone's like, sharp. <laughs> like, Literally. But yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty d- dark down there. Okay, this is from the Crooked Man 23, three years ago. Yeah, I went down there on the 2012, I think. I lagged behind the group and for some reason, something snapped its fingers at me three times behind my ear. For the rest of the tour, I felt, I felt and saw it following me. You could sense those sort of things when you, you know what to look for. There's definitely been clicking down there. Like, this is from Rosie Does three years ago. I was performing at the Fringe in the early noughties. And having the interest, and having the interest that I do, I went down there several times over a couple of weeks. (laughs) I did that in a dramatic way, like someone at the Fringe would. (laughs) I I did get the scratches it was on my arm near my elbow and looked deliberate almost like a Sagittarius symbol but with a wonky arrowhead and a deep semicircle through it I couldn't really draw it accurately 20 years later but it wasn't a question of brushing up against something sorry it's bad grammar there I also found my first visit with the strap on my messenger bag was twanged really hard to the point that I turned around to the guy behind me I was half against the wall at the front of the group and asked if he'd done it. There were moments when I 
when I and other visitors saw what looked effectively like real-life orbs with our naked eyes. There was repeated thumping noises, gentle breezes in specific locations, like the side of other people's faces, but not affecting the people next to them. A lot happened over the course of several occasions. Ironically, I was one walk. I was on a walk at the cemetery at the bottom of the mile. I forgot what it's called, possibly Blackfriars. I think she's right. And as we stood in the crowd, I saw, just for a moment, a beam of faint silverly light, vertical like a lift, with a woman in a pale dress standing in it with her hands clasped in front of her. When I told the tour guide, he scoffed and said, no, that's not one of the ghosts here. Interesting. Okay. Okay, so these are the final two stories from Reddit that I picked up. So this is from Raid Guy 117, and this was two years ago. So I was in Ed- Edinburgh with a couple of friends, and we had booked one of the, those tours around the old town that you take to go through the underground vaults. And he's put in brackets, there are a few vaults across the city, I believe. I can't recall which ones we went into. Towards the end of the underground vaults tour, I was at the back of the group and peeked into one of the rooms, and there was a man just casually leaning against the wall. One foot propped up against the wall, arms folded. His clothes looked old too. I can't really recall too much about him other than that, as initially I thought it was maybe one of the actors who was going to come out from behind like a wall and scare us. So I quickly just popped my head back out and continued on without saying anything. At the end of the tour, though, I don't remember anyone coming out behind us and it didn't really seem like um, like that kind of tour like that was the kind of tour in the first place some people have suggested it could have been a guy on his lunch break but what just down there in the vaults by himself leaning against a wall seems a bit odd so anyway maybe a ghost maybe not but it's the closest i see to a ghost story i have that sounds like it could have been the uh aristocrat guy mm-hmm. this is from lewis halkett this is two years ago I have two things that happened to me whilst down the Edinburgh vaults, Blair Street vaults specifically. One appears to be paranormal and one not so much. The not so paranormal one was similar to another story. I visited the vaults on a tour with my girlfriend who had never been before. At one point, the tour guide gives us some time to just roam around the vaults. As we're having a look around, it's completely pitch black down there in the dark and only using a torch from our phones as light. We walk into a vacant room and start to talk about how creepy it was to be down there in the dark when all of a sudden, out the corner of my eye, I see a figure just sitting on the floor in the corner of the room. When my girlfriend noticed the figure at the same time, she jumped and screamed, which gave me a fright. Turns out it was a tourist on the tour who just wanted to feel feel the place by sitting alone in the dark on the floor. Thanks. My other experience, which I believe is paranormal, Previous to the above story, I visited the Edinburgh vaults with a group of friends, as we did in every, 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 almost every Halloween. Sorry. We enjoyed our tour, had the usual scares that come from being down in the dark vaults, being told ghost stories. But it was after our night out, when on the way home, that we experienced something. At around 1.30am, we pulled up. We pulled up at one of my parents, my friend's parents' house to drop that, that drop her off. As my friend was getting out of the car, they noticed a figure sitting in the dark in a chair on the terrace of an apartment located in an apartment building next to her parents' house. 
She points this out to the rest of us, and we see it too. But I noticed that the entire apartment was dark. There was no lights on on at all, which seemed strange. Nevertheless, we think that it's maybe maybe just the occupier out having a cigarette or something. The next day, most of us in the group from the night before wake up with some sort of marking on our bodies, red marks, light scratches, and light bruising. Nothing major. We noted it, and it was kind of weird. The friend who we dropped off at their parents' house called me and told me that they had mentioned to their parents what we had witnessed on the terrace of the apartment the night before, and her mother had told her that the man who used to live in that particular apartment had been, in a, wheel- had been a wheelchair user, but couldn't have been him that we saw as he recently passed away and that nobody was living there. Oh, that's creepy. That is creepy. It's weird that they went to the vaults and then they had all those weird things happen and then another thing happened. Mm-hmm. Weird. So yeah, so that's the Edinburgh vaults. That was an amazing episode, babes. I love hearing about the vaults. I feel like there's so much, there's so many stories there. Yeah, I feel like we should, like, when you come back to Scotland, we should, like, go down again. Because we've actually not been down together, which is weird. No, we've not. My sisters had a, some weird experiences down there. They went on, like, you can do an overnight one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from midnight till 6am. And they both had weird things. One of my sisters believes in ghosts, one of them doesn't. But my they both had experiences with Mr. Boots. Oh, really? Yeah, they smell ale and stuff. Oh, wow. Um, and this was on a like non you're not allowed to drink when you're on these tours for I think for safety because it's so claustrophobic mm-hmm. underground very you know like for your safety you're not meant to drink um you could also totally yeah. fall or get lost mm-hmm. exactly like imagine like being drunk down there like you have to really pay attention to like every step you take yeah there's like a room that you go into as you like not long after you first come in. In fact, when you first come in, the stairs are super steep anyway. Yeah. And then you go down another set of stairs to get into one of the main rooms. And it is, it's so like treacherous. Dangerous, yeah. So um, we should definitely do that. Was there something else we saw? Um, There's a photo of my sister. Now this would be ages ago, but there's a photo of my sister and it's literally like somebody else's face is on top of hers really it's so bizarre yeah I remember seeing it and we were just really creeped out um so they definitely have had those weird things happen and then obviously as I said I'll share the photo off that my friend took when I was down there quite recently where it kind of looks like something weird is in the corner yeah it's like a cloaked figure or something it is isn't it it's like a hood of and somebody said it's your hand and I was like but it's not no, that definitely wasn't. That was like a that was such a weird picture. Mm-hmm. When I went down with my friend Steph years ago, she was the one that took like hundreds of pictures. She was really into ghosts as well, and she literally took loads of pictures of orbs, like loads. Like I was quite shocked actually. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like dust; it was like circles and shit. Like yeah, yeah, you can tell the difference. And like as much as it's creepy down there, and I could be totally wrong, it doesn't feel dusty. It just feels minging and damp. Yeah. It feels like you're down like a sewer or something. Aye. It doesn't feel like somewhere there's powdery dust. It feels more like you're going to have like a drip on your face. Yeah. Which I probably have had. Because there's like condensation on the ceilings and stuff as well. Oh, I've had it drop on my face. 
smitten, smitten. But, but yeah, so what do we think? Do we think this place is haunted? Oh, I think this place is haunted this week. 100% that's haunted. And I would recommend, I'd recommend any of the tours in Edinburgh because they're all really good and they're great experiences and you get a lot of history mm-hmm. as well as the spooks. So yeah, it's a place to go. The best ones I have been on is the Extreme Paranormal Tour and they take you down the vaults and they take you in Greyfriars in the middle of the night and it's so good. That is a good tour. I enjoy that. Uh, so strongly recommend that one. Um, but thank you for listening, guys, and thank you for the episode, Lauren. It was really good. You're welcome. I hope everyone enjoyed it. And remember to go down with a buddy. Don't go down solo into the vaults. There's safety in numbers. Exactly. Thanks, everyone. Remember to subscribe to all our various channels at This Place Haunted. And if you want to listen to more episodes, please subscribe to our Patreon. And we will see you next week for another episode for our 30th episode. (gasps) Oh, my God. Time flies when you're having fun, eh? Doesn't it? Yeah. We shall see you next week for episode number 30, guys. See you next week, guys. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.